friends reading Twilight books. Right now it is new moon, a decade late and just for fun. This is Bella Swan Song. Hi everyone and welcome back. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lauren. These last few chapters don't have much going on and this episode doesn't either. That's because my brain is broken. But luckily, Spears studied neuroscience, so she can fix it. Much like Edward fixed the hole in Bella's heart by coming home. No! In these three chapters and epilogue, we first find Bella and the Collins waiting for the Volturis. It's unclear how much danger they're in, but they skip on out of there. Edward divulges his life would be meaningless without Bella, yet refuses to turn her into a vampire. Bella wants others to decide. All the Collins, minus Rosalie, agree Bella should be turned into a vampire. Edward the Gentleman wants marriage first. Bella's got cold feet, though, and now she isn't going anywhere because she is G-R-O-U-N-D-E-D grounded. There's something about the little push treaty, but that's a tease for the next book, huh? This is it. We're done. We finished another book! And, okay, briefly, I know that I've talked about this every single episode, but we, I think we basically know what happens in the next one as well. Because I think I accidentally predicted the next book as New Moon. So it's like we finished two more. We know basically everything that happens now until Breaking Dawn. But uh, who knows about Breaking Dawn? I mean, I can't remember if I even read that when they came out. Well, there's only one way to find out. (laughs) Anyways, we're not here to talk about Breaking Dawn. We're not here to talk about Eclipse. We're here to talk about the final three chapters of New Moon. Plus the epilogue. Which is maybe the most anticlimactic set of three final chapters in an epilogue. Uh, I'll leave the epilogue out of it. The epilogue had a a little bit of climax. Yeah. Um, But the other three chapters, uh, as dramatic as they were on the interpersonal level, they were... Not dramatic at all to read. No. I mean, the first chapter, we can knock out real fast. Basically, they just uh, get out of Italy. And, that you know, that's it. I think the most significant thing that happens in those two chapters, for me, is that Alice continues to steal cars. <laughs> it, that delights me. And it's just approached so casually, which is maybe my favorite part. And again, proof that... Clearly, the Collins know what their main occupation should be, which is Grand Theft Auto and other casual crimes. This could have been the Italian job, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen that movie. I hope that reference makes sense. I also like how Alice is like, oh, sorry, I couldn't steal a supercar, basically. And then Edward's like, oh, well, I'll buy you one. But really, the gift to her would be him driving her to another state, dropping her off, letting her steal her own fast car, and then them racing back somewhere. It's like he doesn't even know her. Or even better, they both start in Italy. I guess Bella can hop on eddie's back i don't know they take off running in opposite directions they both have to find a car they then have to drive to russia i don't know okay my brain instantly went to they have to run around the globe and run into each other I don't even think that's possible. Oh, well, no, because they can run underwater. Anyway, I have no idea why I thought you were going to say that. It doesn't make any sense. Anyways, uh, give us the vampire amazing race. Yes. Yes. 
Um, and then the other thing that happens in these chapters is that Bella sees, well, at the end of the last chapter, Bella sees the Volturi, like, about to just murder a bunch of humans to chow down. And so she's really freaked out. And then there's a receptionist who's human, which doesn't make sense. And Bella's like, this doesn't make sense. Does she know what's going on here? And Edward's like, yeah, she's hoping that they'll turn her into a vampire, which immediately, first of all, brought me to uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is the best vampire movie ever. But... And then Bella's like, who would ever want to be a vampire? And that's just, like, not the reaction you would expect from her. Yeah. It's, I mean, I obviously, like, we, we know she probably wants to be a veggie vamp. Everyone has been like, yo, it's really hard not to drink human blood. Like, it smells really good. Even those of us who've been not drinking human blood for centuries really struggle. Like, it's a hard time. And Bella's just like... No, nah, I'm cool. I definitely still want to be a vampire, and I definitely won't murder everyone, which is just nonsense. I mean, obviously, Bella is nonsense often, but this is kind of next level. I mean, maybe if Emma's there, he can just bear hug her until she's like 100 years old and can control herself. <laughs> Emmett with Bella in a human-sized backpack on his back at all times. <laughs> that is a movie I would pay to see. They fly home. There's some awkward cuddling on the plane where they're sort of pawing at each other's faces. Can you imagine being sat next to two teenagers that are just like sort of mangling each other? That's like, that is, anyone who knows me will know that one of my biggest pet peeves in life is teens making out on public transportation. Don't do it, teens. If you're a teen and you're listening to this, PSA, don't make out on public transportation, especially not if you're in front of me. You'll know. You'll know. And also, Bella stays up. How how many hours do you think she stays up for? Bella decides she doesn't want to go to sleep and then just forces her body awake by, it seems, drinking one single can of soda. Even if you have the world's lowest tolerance for caffeine, like, she's traveled across the world and back. Well, let's try and tally it. So let's say they, they get up, they get to the Italian city in the morning. So let's call it, uh, it's before noon. Let's call it 10 a.m. Well, but also she's probably been awake the entire night before. So probably at least 12 hours. No, didn't she fall asleep in the car? Oh, she does maybe fall asleep in the car. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. So it's 10 hours. And then she's with the Volturi for how long? We don't know. Until the next morning at least. And because they have to. They have to leave at nightfall. They have to leave at night. So that must have been a whole day. Yeah. So that's like 24 hours there. Wait, wait. Is it a whole day or does this all just happen super fast? And they wait for night the day she arrives in the city. Maybe. So maybe they're leaving the city at like, it's like what, late spring, early summer, maybe. So they're leaving the city probably like 9 or 10 p.m. Then they have to get out to an airport. Then they have to go through airport security. They have to buy tickets. They have to see if there's something available, wait for a flight. Generously, they're going to get on a plane before 10 a.m., which would make 24 hours. Then they have to get from Italy to 
the west coast of the United States, that's going to have at least one layover. Yeah, I think they lay I think they say they have a layover in Atlanta, probably 18 hours of travel. So she's been awake for days. So as you can see, our math is so good that we both don't know um, what how to delineate days. And also after the end of this, we can only say she's been awake for days and not a number of hours. If you're a mathematician who's reading along, please email me and tell me how many hours Bella is awake. Honestly, if I could be that awake on one can of Coke my college experience would have been very different. Yeah. I mean, I can't even pull an all-nighter. <laughs> and Bella doesn't even start hallucinating or anything. She does at one point lose the ability to be upright. I'll give her that. And then after that, so basically she passes out as soon as they get home. She wakes up, it's the middle of the night, and Edward's there. And they, you know, start to reconcile or whatever. She's convinced for so long that it's a dream. And I get that she's been, like, trying to hallucinate Edward constantly. But it gets to be a bit much. Just someone go over and slap Bella in the face. Yeah, and also confusingly, Edward's like, no, I promise you're not having a nightmare. A nightmare. A nightmare. A nightmare. And Edward is like, I mashed up Edward in Nightmare, and that's all you need to know, folks. I'm Team Jacob. Anyway, and then Bella keeps being like, no, what do you mean? Like, this isn't a night. She also at one point thinks she's dead. Listen, I stand by the fact that they're perfect for each other because no one can... You would think no one could top Bella's drama. And then Edward shows up and is like, of course you think you're dead. My presence means you're in hell. <laughs> oh, you are right. Maybe uh, my team Jacob's stance needs to be shifted to Bella's not good enough for Jacob. Although I will say I have never liked Bella Swan more than in these final chapters. She really comes into her own. And I was just so, so proud. So... They, you know, they're having a little reconciling and then they decide to go out and visit the family and, um, oh no, sorry. Before they do that, uh, they're having their little reconciling and Bella comes to the realization that Edward really does love her. Like everyone knows. And it's very obvious because he was going to kill himself because she was dead. Like there should have been no questions, but anyways, Bella being Bella takes her forever She's finally like, oh, you do love me. Like, you're not going anywhere. Uh, you're mine. Uh, you're going to do whatever I say from here on out. So this is what's going to happen. We're going to go. We're going to talk to your family. We're going to put to a vote whether or not I'm becoming a vampire. It's happening. There's nothing you can do about it. And you love me, so you can't stop me. And she was finally like, Edward, shut up. We're going. Yes, I very much support this as well. One thing, though, I do have to question is, after this whole uh, romantic reconnection, they make out a lot. But, hear me out, Edward is a piece of marble. How... Uh, is his tongue like a, a rock? Like, what? That's... I... Um... It seems impossible. I think Stephanie Meyer wrote herself into a corner because they're supposed to be impossibly hard and cold 
and like unyielding. So also basically every time they make out, Bella ends up being dizzy because I don't know if she just forgets to breathe or what's happening, but it's like she doesn't get enough oxygen. The entirety of their kissing is confusing to me. And I would like a scientist to explain. You're a scientist. You studied neuroscience in college. Give me your best shot. Okay. My best shot is um, Bella's physiology is whack. She faints constantly. She can't stay upright to save her life. She is having some intense hallucinations. I think Bella's realization that like, oh, it's just that I knew he really loved me. So I kept hearing his, his angry yelling. Not enough, girlfriend. Also, Edward is like, I'm way crazier than you at one point. Like, why is everything a competition? Ed, buddy, sit down. You know what I mean? Relax. You know, have a beer. You're 109. Turn turn on uh, some television. Kick your feet up. Literally the definition of no chill. But chill, because he's ice cold. I wouldn't leave it up to other people to decide my mortality. No especially not these people who like Bella's very quick to forgive them all, but like they all also pieced out. Like they were huge parts of her life and they left with no explanation. And then suddenly are back with very little explanation. Also, like they don't really explain themselves to her at all. They're like, Oh, we are just kind of going along with whatever Edward said. There's no reason for her to trust them that they have her best interest at heart at all. Also, it had to have been a unanimous decision for them to leave because any one of them easily could have stayed. Like, they all sided with Edward. And I'm not saying that that was wrong, but I'm saying that, you know, they must have all made a conscious decision that they thought they were doing the best thing. And it's like, obviously, that was not true. Yeah, and in Bella's mind, this is her, like, joining their family and... I would not feel comfortable like jumping right. Like I'd give, you know, give them some time. Like I would not feel comfortable jumping right back into a family thinking that they're not going to just up and leave again. And also she barely knows them. I mean, she knows Edward, but she didn't even think that he loved her. And then she knows Alice maybe more than the rest of them. She doesn't know Jasper. She doesn't know Emmett. She does not know Rosalie. And Rosalie has not really been very nice to her. She doesn't know Esme. Maybe she knows Carlsley, the second best or third best. But that's like not even half the family, basically. At least, you know, come over for a few more game nights. Emmett's probably a beast at game night. Well, then again, Edward can read minds and Alice can see the future. And Jasper can manipulate all their emotions. So Emmett just has to be brute force. (laughs) How do you win a board game with brute force? If anyone can do it, it's Emmett Cullen. Do you think that Jasper could make Edward and Alice apathetic enough that they wouldn't bother to cheat? Probably. That would be hilarious. I'd like to see that. That would be great. Can Jasper make Edward relax? Probably yes, but he doesn't because he thinks it's funny. And Alice is like, come on, Jay, just like help him out a little bit. Emmett does do some advocating for some more vampire murder, though. Well, they're having this little round table because Edward proposes a different solution where they're like, we'll just hide Bella and the Volturi will never be able to find her. And so we'll all be safe. The Volturi would just kill all of them and then wait for Bella to show up. And they've 
also seen that like Bella came all the way to rescue Edward. They would probably assume she would do the same thing. They're sadistic enough. They'll just vampire torture Edward. They just kidnap him, put him in town square, and she'd show right up. Is there anyone in your life you would trust to make a decision about your mortality? Or, like, have a say in it? Because Bella also, like, counts her own vote. She doesn't just, like, throw it out into the wilderness. She's like, this is my vote, but this is a group decision. I mean, if I could, I think I could appoint people to be, like, a council of advisors on the decision. But I don't know that I would give them... I would want a hard yes or no, but I wouldn't term it a vote. It would be, like, an opinion ballot. (laughs) But I already know I wouldn't want to be immortal. Because that is, like... I mean, that would be, I mean, that would be horrible. Sounds terrible. And everybody's telling her it's terrible, too. I mean, Edward is literally like, I have no soul and I'm trapped in a bleak world of darkness. (laughs) And Bella's like, sign me up, Edward. I don't get why you won't do this for me. Okay, so Bella doesn't understand why Edward won't turn her into a vampire. Um, and then she's like, literally, Edward, what will it take for you to do this for me? And he's like, ultimately, he's like, okay, marry me. And she's like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. That's way too big of a decision. I absolutely can't do that. What's more permanent? They could get a vampire divorce. And a part of her reasoning is like, oh, my mom will be really pissed because she's like, I got married really young. I don't want you to get married before you're 30, which is apparently the age of the devil. Edward was like, wait until you're 30. And Bella's like, no, I can never be 30 years old. It's the worst fate in the universe. For real. I mean, clearly Edward hasn't aged up at all. So, you know, honestly, maybe Bella has a point because Edward is still clearly living his 17-year-old life. Why is Carlsley sticking around with all of them if they never get more mature? Oh, God. Four teenagers forever. No, five. There are five of them. Did you forget about Edward? Okay. Well, I feel like I've done my work here. Everyone is Team Jacob. Let's pack it and go. No, I love Eddie so much. He's a singular force in my brain, so I didn't count him with the rest of the fam. And also, they seem awful. Rosalie seems awful. Edward seems, I mean, god awful. Just, they just seem awful. And Esme seems awful. Uh, To be fair. Carlsley also seems pretty awful. So I guess, you know, real recognize real. Also, then he's like, I decided to see if I could track Victoria because apparently the world is so tiny. You can only have 12 people in it at a time. So he decides to go track Victoria and turns out he's terrible at it and it's misled so easily even though he can literally read minds actually edward is was so awful to be around that when um he left forks he was like i'm so miserable not even my family wants to be around me and he just ditched them which is true they didn't want to be around him i bet i know exactly what happened he is too reliant on his mind reading so he trusts it he's like I have this window into everyone's thoughts. I know what everyone's thinking. Victoria knows about it, tricks him into going to Brazil. Could he not just read Victoria's mind? But what was he going to do if he found her alone? Like, was he going to kill her? 
He's probably going to, like, let her kill him. Maybe, like, suicide pact. Eh, Victoria's too petty for a suicide pact. (laughs) I know that they're not technically alive in the way that humans are alive. But as we've discussed, first of all, all that blood that they drink has to go somewhere. There has to be something going on in their bodies. They have venom. And they have thinking, right? They have thoughts, which, as we know, is a neurological process, right? Um, That arises from, like, physical action in the brain. So, like, something must be going on there. And why would you not have a soul if you're immortal? That doesn't make sense. I just feel like... And that's also, I feel, very, very steeped in Christianity. Yeah. Although, hilariously, I mean, also probably steeped in Christianity. I haven't done enough research into this. But that's the mythology of the vampires in Buffy also. Is that, mm-hmm. like, when they get when people get turned into vampires, it's like a demon that possesses a person, which is the vampire. Um, but their human soul is like goes to heaven or whatever like is not subject to eternal torment as a vampire so then the vampire angel is cursed and his soul is put back in his body so then suddenly but it's mostly treated just like a conscience right so like suddenly he's like oh i feel really bad that i killed all these people whereas before it was just like murdering all over Europe with no consequences. I mean, serial killers exist, so I feel like a soul does not a conscience make. Right. Well, I guess that depends on your philosophy of morality, which is (laughs) probably more than we have time to get into today, especially because I have to squeeze in into this season one more instance of Jacob Black, because he does show up. He I'll I'll say this. He is being a little bit of a shit, but he shows up. Yes. In all fairness, Eddie is also being a little bit of a shit when they have their confrontation where he uh, is just reading Jacob's mind and not letting him speak and then also won't let Bella go to her friend. Basically, Jacob shows up at Bella's house with her motorcycle to make Charlie ground Bella because... He doesn't want Bella to hang out with Edward, which admittedly is a huge dick move. On the other hand, he does believe that Edward is a bloodthirsty monster, which he is. So, And it seems like there's something innate, too, maybe, or like instinctive that they're like... They just hate each other. And then Jacob throws a big, big wrench in the works because the Cullens have voted to turn Bella into a vampire. And he's like, just so you know, um, the treaty doesn't say if vampires kill a human. It says if they bite one, which to be fair, it, it, it should probably say both because they could easily write like rip the head off of a human and drink the blood. <laughs> like that's, I mean, it, it, it does seem like there's a pretty big loophole there in terms of like legal contracts, but that means that they can't bite Bella. Right. Which somehow Bella seems to think, once again, she's Im- as as she thinks she's immune from eating humans. She also thinks she's immune from this treaty, which Jacob has explained to her, like, 
you know, they have to stay off our land. Like we're against each other. Like I hate the vampires and mm-hmm. Bella through even her whole wanting to be a vampire. So like Jacob is my best friend. Like I want to try and repair this friendship. I want us to be friends, which great Bella. I'm glad you're finally recognizing that friends are important. Yeah. True. So again, once again, my favorite Bella Swan has appeared in these final chapters and I hope she sticks around. But she somehow thinks she's immune to this treaty. And like, obviously, if she becomes a vampire, Jacob's got to take her out. Oh, God, that would be pretty, pretty messy. <laughs> After they vote to turn her into a vampire, she's like, all right, where do you want me? Like, she thinks they're going to do it right then. She hasn't even thought, like, what am I going to tell my parents? Like, she's going to turn up and be even paler than she is and not eating food and her eyes will be a different color and she'll be bloodthirsty for humans but she could just like go back home and fool charlie i mean to be fair she might actually be able to fool her parents i think she just thinks she's gonna disappear which also like she thinks she can do that to them but at the same time is panicking like what lie am i gonna tell them about why i ran off to italy or like how am i gonna Like, if Edward wants to marry me, how am I going to convince my parents that that's okay? Like, her sense of stakes and the scale of things are just, like, so out of proportion. I do think that part of that, I know I blame every single thing uh, in this book on them being teenagers, but I do remember, like, really deeply fearing not living forever when I was a teenager and not being young forever. And that was, like super crazy to me and now even though i'm still very young i feared neither of those things and i do in fact think that living forever would be ultimate torture yes and i think also similarly on the marriage thing it's a very teenage like marriage is this really permanent it's like staying a teenager forever thumbs up awesome let's do it getting married is like oh my god this is an adult thing the humor in that was when edward's like i'm over a hundred years old i think i can get married and bella's like i'm 17 oh what a pair truly perfect for each other and i'm so glad that they've been reunited at last and i hope their bond goes on and on forever and always god bless I mean, look, we we all know what's going to happen. I am on the losing side of this battle, and it will get worse for me from here. So that, you know, that about wraps it up. This was my high point. New Moon was my high point. And now, unfortunately, I and everybody else with a head on their shoulders, a.k.a. Team Jacob, are going to have to go through a dark tunnel of two more books. Are there two or are there three? I don't even know what's going on anymore. This book has broken me. There are two more books. So, yeah, I I mean, we've got plenty, plenty of things yet to get through. And I think the real question for me, which we shall answer in upcoming seasons, is will I retain my sanity through them? What do you think the big question for you is? I think the big question for me is... Uh, will, no, I was going to say something, but I'm going to bite my tongue because it'll come back to bite me. Yeah, say it, say it, say it, say it. I was going to say, will I be able to sustain my faith in 
Belle and Edward's relationship? That's a good question. Okay, we do have one more episode this season. We're going to do a season recap as per last year. I would imagine we'll be handing out some grades. We'll be giving some final thoughts. We'll be rating our own performances and recapping all the best of our jokes and much, much more. Um, As I said that, I realized we've made zero good jokes, so there will be no additional joke recap. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. See, I'm I'm riffing. I'm on it now. Um, Watch out for that episode. And then after that, you know what you got to do. You got to run into stores and you have to buy the next book because before you know it, it's going to be season three. Catch you next time.